This is No Love Live with Pastor Tim Warholic. Tim is the senior pastor of Paradise Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. How are y'all doing? <clears throat> how many of you, first question, how many of you took advantage of the extra hour of sleep last night? And how many of you took advantage of the extra hour of sleep, if you know what I mean? If you're still tired, then you shouldn't be. You should have gotten plenty of rest. We have a couple more announcements for you this morning before we get into our Bible study in Matthew chapter 6. So if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand so we can get one to you. You can follow along with us when we do that. Another two announcements. Number one, we will be praying for the Raiders versus the Lions today, so the Raiders win. Number two. We have, <laughs> oh, the Bronco lovers. I don't even talk about sports or football. Hockey's okay, but we have some over here also in these Bibles. I shared with you guys a couple weeks ago about the Havilar family, Pastor Sean and Megan Havilar, who would be joining us at the beginning of the month. They're here, and I'd like to ask Sean and Megan to come up on stage because Megan's going to share something with us. Just kidding. <laughs> As I mentioned before, Gracie and I have known Sean and Megan for many years, many moons, and we have been going to Ethiopia to, to visit them and serve. It's a ministry in Ethiopia that we support, the orphanage there. So I, I wanted to bring them up to introduce them to you. This is Sean and Megan. And they are now joining our um, family at Paradise. Their season in Africa is over, and the Lord's brought them into uh, a, a new season here in Las Vegas. We're very excited to have them, and we just want to pray for them and just bless them in this transition of in their lives. So they live been living overseas for about ten years, uh, a handful of years in Eastern Europe and then the last seven years in Africa, and now they're coming back. So let's just really not just pray for them now, write down their names so you can be praying for their transition back to the States and all that the Lord has for them. We're grateful and thankful to have them here at Paradise. Father, I lift up my brother and sister to you, and thank you so much for your faithfulness displayed through their lives that we don't know how to be faithful without your example, but by your example, because you, that's who you are, you're, you're faithful. Even when we're faithless, um, we can express that in genuine faithfulness as well. So thank you for the season that they're coming from, their faithfulness to you and the calling that you had for that season. And Father, I pray that you would really usher in a blessed season for them now as they're here with us in Las Vegas, that you provide for them, that you take care of them, and that you quickly make them part of our family, If they're even if, even if they're, they already are. They already are, Lord, and just encourage them in your body, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. The title of today's message is Personal Intentions. And, and almost everything that we do, everything that we say is backed with some kind of intent. Would you agree or disagree? Well, I would hope that you were intentional in the things that you did. I would hope that you would think about this is the reason, this is the purpose, this is the goal of why I'm doing this thing. The Bible calls us to be intentional, and, and this is what we're going to look at this morning. Jesus is going to address three things, kind of in a little bit opposite from last week. Remember last week we were talking about expressions, cultural expressions, what comes from your life. Now this week we're talking about intentions and, and, and a way that you can respond to a godly intention that he has for you, that you have towards him. And these things give us instruction on the difference between selfish intentions and godly intentions. He covers these three important topics. Giving, praying, and fasting. And your intentions, what your intentions are in regard to each of those three things. So before we get into the word, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for such a beautiful day, for my brothers and sisters and all the smiling faces that, that we get to see each other, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that wherever they're at right now, whatever place in their life, that you would be meeting them and that you would take your word to them today and that they would own it, that they would possess it, that they would grab a hold of it, that they would be intentional in the application to see and expect the reward that's coming. Because your word promises that when we receive your word with intention, respond and apply intentionally, that we will be rewarded. Help us to receive that fully, to apply your word and to expect to see the result, our benefit, however you see fit, because you are God and we are not. Thank you for that time of worship, Lord, and our worship team. Thank you, Father, for the, the, the study of your word as, as a form of worship to you, the application of your word. And God, thank you for our ability to give to you. Bless the tithes and offerings and, and that they would be done, given in the right, with the right intent, with the right intention, in a form of worship for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Chapter 6, talking about personal intentions. This is very applicable considering the day and age that we live in. You probably have more access to more people than anybody in the history of the world did before. You have access to tens, hundreds, tens of thousands, even millions of people. We have these things called viral, going viral. And it could be anything from a, from a sentence, a quote, to a video, to a picture, whatever. But it could go out and, and if, have you guys thought about this? It, it kind of boggles my mind. More than a percentage of the world, half the world is, is, 
it's possible for them to see that thing. And there's a lot of people that they use that to get a paycheck. You know, there's people that make hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. There's people that make millions of dollars on social media platforms and they're doing it for their benefit. (laughs) They're not doing it for your benefit. It's a cute video, but they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for them. And when we do things, when we, when we even post things on social media, we need to ask ourselves the question, what is our intention? What are we looking to get out of this? I don't know if you have ever seen, this isn't a plug for me by any means. I don't, I don't care. I'm just saying, if you've ever seen any of my social media platforms, it's just me. It's nothing, it's nothing candy-coated. It's just my pizza oven, my kids, and my beautiful wife. Not in that order, please. <laughs> don't mistake me. But I've had to ask myself the question before, what is my intention in posting this thing? What is my intention in saying this thing? What is my intention in doing this thing? And is it connected to something that I want to get? Or is it connected to how I can benefit and bless others? And if you've never looked on my Instagram, go check out my pizzas. It will bless you. You will be blessed by the pizza oven. That's my intention, at least. Chapter 6, verse 1. I have three questions for you regarding these three things, giving, praying, and fasting. I have three questions. And what I want you to do last week, I gave you the answer. This week, I'm not going to give you an answer to the question. I'm going to ask the question. I want us to be a little interactive, so get ready, okay? And when I ask the question, you can give some answers. We'll talk a little little bit loud about it. And then after that, we'll, we'll... We'll dissect it and and dive a little bit deeper into what the word is, what Jesus is saying to us. So chapter six, verse one, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. First question, are you ready? Why would someone want to give publicly for everybody to see? That's the question. Give me some answers. To get something in return? Recognition? Famous? I donated these millions of dollars. Well, good for you. Anything else? To get more. Wow, it's really selfishly motivated. I'm going to give to be able to get more. That's, in, in corporate America, that's a, that's a fact. Anybody else? Vanity? Absolutely. Pity. It's all selfishly motivated. And what Jesus is bringing up through these things, he's, he's taking the focus off of you and he's placing it on God's will, God's purposes for you. But when we take action, when we do certain things, that can be a revelation of what our true intentions are. I remember growing up in church walking down the aisle to go to the pew that we typically sat in and in gold little little plates, gold whatever, you know, name plates or whatever, were names of families that paid to sit in that pew. And the closer to the front you got, the closer to the altar, 
you know, the more important the family. You think that that's sad? I got something better for you. Every quarter in the church bulletin would be printed everybody's giving statement, everybody who was a member of the church, from the person who gave the most to the person who gave the least. What's the purpose in that, do you think? boy, pat on the back. Well, I know who to hang out with. What's the motivation? That's really the next word. It goes from intention to motivation. And Jesus says, take heed that you do your charitable deeds before men, not to be seen by them. Do not do your charitable deeds to be seen. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, if there's one word that's used frequently in these next three sections or the next three things that we're going to talk about, it's reward. Take note. God promises if you do things with the correct, right intentions, you will be rewarded for it. Write it down. Promise of God. Have the right intentions. Get a reward. I think that God gives us that incentive because it's so often that we have the, the, the worst, wrong, personal, selfish intentions of why we do certain things. Man, I used to be so crazy about being intentional about things. I would do the opposite of things that I do today with, with a wrong understanding. I wouldn't compliment people because I didn't want them to get a big head. God, if, if, if you want to bless them by a compliment, you do it. And, and if they're doing a good job, I'm not going to tell them they're doing a good job because you're doing it to the Lord. You're not doing it to me. So, so Lord, you, you take care of them. I've come to, to understand something that that's not how relationships work. Relationships are working with each other, talking about things, loving, blessing each other. I don't do it for my own personal benefit. I do it for the, per, the benefit of somebody else. Let's continue on. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Note that word. It's going to be used for each one of the scenarios for giving, prayer, and fasting hypocrites. The Greek hypocrite means to put on a mask, literally to play a part, to act. Do you know what you're doing when you're acting or playing a part? You're being somebody who you're really not. He said, don't be like a hypocrite and announce your goodness, announce the thing that you're doing. As they do in the synagogues and in the streets, that men may, that they may have glory from men. And then here's the second thing. These are the key two, two parts of this verse that are going to open up a lot of the rest of the text that we're going to be covering tonight, today. Uh, number one, sounding a trumpet, acting like you're somebody you're not in hypocrisy. And then number two, that they may have or receive glory from men. They may be benefited from their giving, selfishly, hypocrites. There were three times of the day that the Jews would pray. And at that time of the day, they would stop what they were doing and they would, they would pray to God. Well, with this in mind, there were certain people who strategically placed themselves in certain parts of the city where the most people were, where they were like, oh, look at that, look at the time. It's time to pray. God! We worship you, all of us here, but especially me. And we want to pray and lift these things up to you. 
Could you imagine if the intention was to strategically be in the midst of the most people or certain people so that your prayers weren't really prayers to God, but were prayers to men so that they would give you glory? This is the dichotomy, it is the glory that you receive in this life, what you can attribute coming from God or what you can take for yourself. I want to be recognized. I want to be loved. I want to be admired. This is what I did. I'm a self-made man. This is my kingdom. Hypocrite. Putting on a show, playing an act. It's not who you really are. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. There's that word again. You can place yourself in a position to where people attaboy, pat you on the back, and you've received your reward. Or... Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Secret? I don't get any credit if it's in secret. I don't get any credit if, if, if nobody knows that I'm giving it or doing it. You know, I used to kind of like the whole concept and idea of paying it forward. It's cute, you know, like buy a cappuccino for the person next behind you until you know what became popular with paying it forward video recording yourself doing it and putting it out on the internet hey everybody look at me i'm paying it forward you should too that's how cool i am this is what i give but god says that your charitable deed may be done in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you, will reward you. There's that word again, reward you, period. What does it say, church? Read it. Reward you openly. So something that you are intentionally doing before God, for God, through his calling you're not just going to be rewarded on a secret individual level, but you're going to be rewarded openly. God's going to take care of you and give you a place. He's going to give you a platform. You know why? Because you are exemplifying a son or daughter who's obedient to him and he wants other people to see. You guys might have seen, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there is a video going around right after the trick-or-treating transpired where there was a little boy who was walking up to a front door and they got on the, on the front door cam. He's about 10 or 11 or 12 and, and there's a stool on the front patio and a big bowl and a sign, you know, um, take, take one piece, take two pieces on your honor, you know, and and, and um, he walks up, you can see his mom down on the street and he walks up to the bowl and, and, and he looks in the bowl and it's empty. And he goes, oh, it's empty. And you're thinking, what's he gonna do? And, and he, 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 he's thinking, who knows? We don't know what he's thinking until he reaches into his bag of candy that's almost full and starts filling the bowl back up. And then you can see mom beaming down on the street and he walks back down to the street to go with mom didn't know he was going to be video recorded, didn't know that he was going to do that act of charity and lose his reward because somebody filmed it and put it on the internet. Poor kid. 
I'm sure he still gets his reward. What, what do you think mom did? What do you think mom's response was? You dumb kid. You got to take what you can from this world, son. You kick the ball over, the empty ball. You cheapskates. You got to get ahead. You know, give me the rest of your candy. You can't even have any candy. No, you and I know what mama did. If she's anything like a good maternal loving mother, stops at Walgreens on the way home, sneaks in to get some laundry detergent, grabs a little bag of candy and hides it to throw it in his candy later on. Because those are the kinds of things that we want to see, how we want to love each other. Intention. It spoke to us because he was being intentional and we knew that he didn't know that we knew. And we respond because of it. God's word to us says, don't look for credit. Don't look for glory. Don't look for self. Seek me in secret and I will reward you openly. Number two, verse five. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. There you go, the actors, the people who aren't really who they seem to be. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and to pray on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Also publicly, uh, like I mentioned earlier, out of, out of proper arrangement, positioning themselves in places throughout the city where they would be seen and they could get recognized for their piety. In fact, that's our next question. Why would somebody pray publicly or use many words? What do you guys think? Throw some things out there. Why would they publicly so eloquently do these long prayers? Anybody? Recognition? Sound spiritual, pious, holy, righteous, actors. Anybody else? I think some of you are thinking, well, I don't really have that problem because I don't like to pray. <laughs> and I really don't like to pray publicly. So you're never going to catch me on a street corner drawing attention to myself. But here, here's the thing. There's a flip side to the coin. It's not so much just about your intention in praying. It is also about, are you praying? <laughs> the same thing with giving. It's not so much about your intention in giving. The question is that the instruction is also, are you giving? And, and if you are, don't stop if it's the wrong intention. Correct it, modify it, and do it in the way that you're supposed to be doing it. And if you're praying in the wrong intention, with the wrong intention. It doesn't mean stop praying. It means correct it, repent, and start to do it the way that we're instructed, the way that we should be doing it. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. There's that word again. I think this is something that God really wants to get through to us. Incentive, incentive. If you do this with the correct intention, with the right intention, you are going to be blessed. You are going to be taken care of. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. 
and your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. Because God sees what your intention is, and he's going to reward you and reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him in this manner. Therefore, pray. Before we get into the Lord's Prayer, I want you to take note of this thing right here. Therefore, do not be like them, the heathen, for your Father knows the things you have need before you ask of, of him. How many of you know that God knows what you need? How many of you know that God also knows what you want? And that's different. Your need and your want. I'm like, God, I really need this. Maybe it's more of a want, but you know, give it to me anyway. We'll chalk it up as a need. God knows what you need even before you ask him. And listen to this, he's waiting for you to ask him. Do you know that I will not give my kids things until they ask me for them properly? I know I'm a terrible father. I'm just doing the thing God the Father does. He wants us to ask. My kids come to me, I'm hungry. Like, I'm daddy, nice to meet you. I'm thirsty. I want to go to the park. I'm glad that you have an opinion on that. And sometimes the little ones, they'll say it two and three and four times. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Good for you. I'm hungry, good for you. Well, I'm waiting for you to ask the right way. I, I want to help you with this. Fine, dad. Can I please have something to eat? Yeah, here's a rock. Throw it at his head. You want an egg? Here's a scorpion. Go play with that, you little punk. No, a father who knows the need of his child and is waiting to be engaged in relationship to say, daddy, I need this thing. He's ready to do it. Or say, go ask your mother, one of the two. He's, your, your need is going to be met because he knows your need. How much you being Children with the heavenly father who knows your need is waiting for you to ask him so that he can give it to you. He's waiting to have that conversation. And, and you say, and you say, how, how, how come I don't have this in my life? And I wonder if God would ever say, because you never asked. You just wanted. You never asked. You know, sometimes we think we need things that we don't and God gives it to us anyway to show us that we didn't really need it. How kind of a, what kind of a gracious, amazing heavenly father is that? Teaching us lessons, growing us up. He says, if you do it, if you seek me in the quiet place, in silence, in your prayer closet, I'll reward you openly. Again, I love how that, that, the word reward is used. He's not just meeting the need. He's celebrating the asking. He's celebrating, listen to this. He's celebrating the right intention. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him in this manner. Therefore, pray. This is the Lord's Prayer. How many of you guys still recite the Lord's Prayer? It's a great 
thing to meditate on and look at. It is a model. He just said, remember, do not pray in vain repetitions. So he's not saying this is the only things that you can say in prayer. He's saying this is the structure of what your prayer should look like. First and foremost, recognizing before you recognize yourself and your need, who he is, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. How addressing God as your father in heaven changes the perspective and list of priorities that you were initially coming to him with. (laughs) I mean, this is my prayer list. This is the things I need to talk to God about. Oh, father in heaven. Oh, wait. Yeah, maybe we'll move this down there. We'll move this up here. And God knows my needs. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I love how the focus is again on God's kingdom as in uh, opposition to our kingdoms. Your kingdom come. Second thing, your will be done. What is that stating? It's stating not my kingdom come and not my will be done. Yours. And again, this is at the beginning of the prayer. And the question is, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for my marriage? What do you have for my family? What do you have for my coworkers? How does that look in my life? What are you doing? Not me presenting him what I'm doing. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't say give us this day our weekly bread or give us this day our monthly bread because God understands, Jesus understands that you need sustenance. You need to be fed on a daily basis. Food. God knows what you need. And we pray and we ask God, thank you for this meal I don't ever say, God, thank you for my, my son just said, hey, did you know that they do four patties and four cheeses at, at In-N-Out? I said, yeah, it's called a four by four. Everybody knows that. He's like, have you ever had one? I said, of course I've had one. <laughs> and I don't take the four by four up in my hands and lift it up in the air and say, God, bless my arteries. Thank you for uh, the, the unhealth of this burger and may it be a blessing to me. Bless this food to my body. I just don't do it because I know that it's not really a blessing to my body. But you know what I do say? I pray. Thank you for this cheeseburger in all of its glory. Your glory manifested on earth that I may consume. Give us this day our daily bread. God knows what you need on a daily basis. And sometimes we only come to him on a weekly basis for our daily bread, for the things that we know that we need. He knows that we need, but we're not willing to have a conversation with him about it. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is, this one I really like. I like that other alternate translation. It's Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I like that because I get this visual in my mind of this beautiful piece of land with some really cool stuff and and a big sign that says no trespassing. And I always get as close as I can to the line to find out why they don't want me in there. 
that now that is cool. I, my, uh, I know this, this going for a walk up in the mountains and, and there was a no trespassing sign and it, and it said, and it said no trespassing. And I got right up to the line. I'm looking and I could see a big pond. And I was like, I wonder if there's any fish in that pond. There's nobody around here. I can check. And then we cross the line. We're trespassing. And how many of you repent on a daily basis? Because you trespass all the time. You see the sign. You know it says you shouldn't go there. You don't need to be there. And you cross it. And, and there you find yourself trespassing. And God's word to us instructs us, be, be a repenter. Be an acknowledger of your sin. Forgive us our trespasses. And then the second part is worse. As we forgive uh, our debtors, as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's one thing for me to creep past the line of somebody else's no, posted no trespassing. But when they cross mine, y'all better look out. Get out of here. This is my property. This is the beginning of my kingdom. You're not allowed in here. And you're going to be sorry if you come over here. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that from a Christian's mouth. Hey, you're forgiven for your trespasses. Forgive those who trespass against you. You've been forgiven for your debts. Forgive those who are in your debt. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know that the devil is real. You guys understand that the devil is real? And there's two kinds of main camps. We want to find ourselves in the middle, but there's two main camps when it comes to the devil. One camp, just the, the devil is, is never brought up. He, he, he's a fictional character that we don't have to worry about. And all you hear is about God's blessings, his promises, the good things he has for you, how much he loves you. And he's not going to let anything bad happen to you. That's one camp. The other camp is the devil is at fault for everything in your life. And, and the fault of that one is nothing is really your responsibility. The devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. You're dumb and you did it. You just did it. But we need to find ourselves in the middle that the enemy is real. And we can pray to God on our own behalf to deliver us from the evil one, to not lead us into temptation, to not allow us to be put in that position. And then he ends with this, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I would like to switch this, make this a contrast also, because this is really the heart of what's trying to be communicated. Not for mine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, but yours is the kingdom. What does the kingdom speak of? If I'm saying not my kingdom, your kingdom, what does my kingdom look like? The things that I want in life. This stage is my kingdom and everything that happens up here is, is for my glory. And I want you guys to stay far away from it. And if I see any of the little brats running around, jump up on the stage, I'm going to put them in timeout. Not my kingdom, your kingdom. What's the second one? We looked at three. Kingdom. What's the second one? Say it. Power. Say power. power. 
What does power indicate? What's another word for power? What do you think? Strength, authority, will, come on. Control, control. I'm in charge. This is again, taking away the fact that God is in charge and placing my kingdom and my control of my kingdom, my authority over my kingdom, greater than anybody else's and especially over what God's intention for me is. (laughs) Not my kingdom, my power. How many of you are control freaks? You like to be in control. I like things to go my way. Stop pointing fingers, you guys. (laughs) It's directly connected to wanting to be in charge of what you want out of life. It's me being in charge. And a releasing of that through the Lord's prayer is saying to end with your kingdom, your power, your control, your authority, what you are doing. And then the last one, what's the last one? Glory. Your glory as opposed to my glory. Because these are the things that I've accomplished and this is what I'm doing and this is what I've built and I will be recognized for it. I'm in charge. But instead, God says, Jesus says, seek ye first my kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. For yours, we are saying, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forever. This isn't a temporary thing. Your kingdom, temporary Your power, limited, temporary. Your glory, a joke, hypocrisy. God's eternal, lasting forever. And he says, you come, I want you to be a part of it. If your perspective is correct and you're going in the right direction, you'll be rewarded. Number three, well, let's look at verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God wants you focusing on the trespass and debting part of what we covered to be a forgiver. To be one who gets past being wronged, to be a lover so that our Father can continue to forgive our trespasses. Verse 16, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. It's funny, it's funny how institutionalized religion really goes against what most of the Bible instructs us to do. You remember how I told you that story? I'm a little boy seeing these names on these pews. Little Timmy, sad because he can't sit in the front row because those are the big dogs up there. But you know what we also did? We had Ash Wednesday and we were fasting and we would go and we would get this charcoal mark on our foreheads to show what? 
question number three. Why would someone want everyone else to know they are fasting? Why? Anybody? Super spiritual? Praise? For show. It's not indicative of what's really in the heart. It's, it's you proclaiming to the world that, that, that you've made a sacrifice. But God desires obedience and not sacrifice. God desires right intention, not personal benefits. With a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. What was the most used word in the last 18 verses that we just went through? <laughs> reward? You go circle it. You're like, wow, there's a lot of rewards here because this is how emphatically Jesus wants you to understand that if you correct your actions and you do things with right intentions, you are going to be benefited. God is going to benefit. He takes pleasure in you. He's going to load you with blessings and he's going to take care of you because that's the kind of son, that's the kind of daughter that he wants to put on display. It's not necessarily so much, why can't you be more like your sister? Because it's not vocalized to you. It's just the blessing comes through obedience. And this is the obedience that he's calling us to be intentional in the things that you do and say. And if you do to me, toward me, you will benefit from it. I remember I was 19 years old. I was working in an, at an underground company digging this, this ditch and, and um, throwing these big rock, rocks out of the trench for when they laid the pipe in the trench. It wouldn't get, it would, and, and it was the middle of the summer. And, and I decided it was the beginning of, of my, really my turnaround walk with the Lord. I was really seeking and pursuing the Lord. And um, I went to lunch and there was a couple other guys sitting there. And there's this one guy sitting there and he asked me, hey, where's your lunch? How come you're not eating? And I said, it's because I'm fasting, you know, fasting. I'm not eating because I'm fasting. And he's like, hey, you know that you're not supposed to tell people when you're fasting? This guy wasn't even a believer. And somehow he had heard or known that the Bible said you shouldn't tell people. So I went and I'm like, no, it doesn't. That's silly. He's like, yeah, go look it up. So I looked and I'm like, Dude, when, you, when you fast, like hypocr hypocrites, sad countenance. Oh, man. What were your right intentions? What are my right intentions? And then the flip side of the coin, you guys are going to hate me because it got harder, didn't it? The first one was giving. Yeah, giving. I can try to get that right and the right intentions. The second, praying. I don't pray as much as I should. Everybody would agree, right? You can all pray more. We all agree we can all pray more. Yeah, 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 right. Okay, fasting. Uh, nope, not going to fast. Well, the flip side of the coin is not if you don't fast for the right intentions, you don't have to fast but that you should be exercising this spiritual discipline. Like we mentioned a few weeks ago, that is a, the, the, the easiest form of the crucifixion of the flesh is to not eat fast. Pray a little bit instead. You know what happens? Your body is in full revolt mode. Why are you not feeding me? 
and you get hangry because your body's telling you that it's in charge and that you should not be fasting right now. And you get grumpy and you have an attitude because the flesh is dying. The flesh is being crucified. The flesh is not allowed to tell you what you're supposed to do. And I, and I think this is interesting because this has come up uh, pretty frequently in the last month or so, this concept of fasting. And I wanna encourage you all, if you have not, we don't recognize officially Lent here at our church. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up or whatever, but, but we do wanna practice getting closer to um, the holidays, crucifying the flesh, even if it's from technology, technological fast. I know that this is going to, this might sting a little bit. So I forgive me up ahead of time, but, but if you fast from social media, you don't have to tell everybody that you're fasting. <laughs> Just keep it between you and the Lord, you know? And if they're truly concerned about you, then just check your messenger or something else, you know, or give your phone number or just, it's okay that I'm not engaging you all the time. Let the intent of the giving, of the praying, of the fasting, be something intentional toward God that is going to benefit you in the long run, that is going to benefit you in the eternal perspective. And in closing, let's look at these three things one more time. And again, this is not for guilt trip. This isn't to make you feel bad. This is for, for worshiping God through the application of his word, okay? Taking it seriously. Number one, how do you give? How do you give? With what intention do you give? In whatever capacity that is. Is it to get some credit for something? Is it to be able to puff, puff your chest up a little bit? Get a couple attaboys, pats on the back? Let's readjust our intentions and give to God in secret so that we could be rewarded openly. Number two, how do you pray? How do you pray and why do you pray? And if you haven't prayed in a while or you think that you ought to pray more, turn to, turn to Matthew chapter six and look at the Lord's prayer and go through those things kind of like how we did step by step and align your intentions with his so that you will be blessed. It sounds selfish, doesn't it? But God's like, I just want you to do things in the right intention. Number three, how do you fast? How do you fast? Do you fast? And when you do, know that whatever you do in secret with your Father in heaven, that he's going to reward you and not only reward you, but reward you openly. Let's pray. God, thank you for getting us going again in the right direction if we were wrong in some of these areas. Thank you that you love us so much that you give us instruction and it's not to be 
difficult. It's not to be harsh. It's not to be hard. It's because you, many times we saw in that text, you are our heavenly father and we are your children. And you deal with us as as children need to be dealt with. But also, God, I pray that that we would respond to you as good children. That we would exemplify obedient children, good children that love our Father in heaven, that, that do what we say we believe and give you the glory. Because it's all about you. Everything that we have, everything we've experienced, everything that we've done is all through you alone. You make us who we are today. God bless your church this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.